You've just tuned in to the V1 Church podcast and the next 25 minutes of your life in quarantine, or maybe you're listening to this and you're roaming free somehow, some way, are going to be 25 minutes of transformation by hearing the Word of God. My name's Mike Signorelli. I'm the lead pastor here at V1 Church. And so many times we can get lost in that voice that condemns us and tells us who do we think we are for envisioning something better for our lives. But listen, when it happens, not if, we say anything good you see in my life is God. If it's good, it's God. Go ahead and take a listen to this message and I'll talk to you on the other side. Hey V1 Church, welcome today to the live stream. And this this is just so much more than a live stream. It's an actual vibrant community full of people that want to help you just make it through the madness of life. Uh, My name is Mike Signorelli, I'm the lead pastor. I wanna welcome all the guests, everyone who's joining us for the very first time. People have been actually joining from all around the world. As a matter of fact, I want you to drop a comment right now. Let me know where you're watching from. I'm right here in Queens, New York City and uh, this is one of the boroughs, and I personally think it's the best. Maybe in the comments somebody would disagree with me, but uh, I would love to hear where you are watching from. In the last several weeks, we have seen miraculous stuff happen. Before we jump into Acts chapter 11 and I preach this sermon to you today, God's given me a word just for you, and I believe that we need a word from another world. Yeah, we've heard from the politicians this week, we've heard from our friends, we've scrolled through our feeds, but this is this is not a, a self-help talk right now. This is actually uh, not a pep talk. It's not a TED talk. This is the very breath of God being breathed into you today. This is the most vital 20 minutes of your entire week. I mean, something happens, right? We're not just we're not just here right now for information, but when you actually receive the word of God, it's transformation. Come on make me preach yet, <laughs> but where are you watching from? Drop me a comment and let me know where you're watching from. And then something I want to say before I brag on God and tell you everything that's transpired within the last seven days from Easter, which is, it's just nuts that it's only been a week. I want to tell you this right now, you have an opportunity to be a digital missionary. And you're like, what do you mean? Here's what I mean. Uh, the book of Ephesians says that you have a spiritual adversary. There are only two sides. There's darkness and light. There's the kingdom of the of Satan and there's the kingdom of God. There is no middle ground. There is no, well, if I don't mess with the devil, he won't mess with me. As a matter of fact, he's counting on you being passive. But what you do right now can actually determine someone's fate, their destiny. And I know this sounds crazy. You're like, pastor, you done lost your mind. You haven't even started reading the Bible yet. Let me explain. If you hit the share button on this broadcast, your friends and family are going to see this service and something is going to happen in their life that couldn't happen any other way. Because it's not Mike Signorelli's opinion, it's the reading of the word. It's God, this word can never come back void. That is a promise. And over the last several weeks, we've heard some insane stories about what's happened through this broadcast. So let me brag. I'm bragging on Jesus because his ways are higher than our ways. If someone would have asked me 28 days ago, do you want to be quarantined? Do you want to be on a lockdown? Do you want to have to 
do all your services exclusively online? I'd say, are you kidding me? I like to feel the bass thumping through our sound system. I like to scream at the top of my lungs. I mean, I guess you could still do that stuff at home, but it's not the same. And, and I, I long for the time when we get to, you know, get back together and I'm crowd surfing and, you know, all those memes that you saw where it says the pastor goes back to the first Sunday back. But, but at the same time, at the same time, I've seen God do some incredible things. So here's one of them. This blew my mind. In the last 28 days, V1 Church services, V1 Church content has been in three and a half million feeds. Three and a half million human beings saw on their Facebook, Instagram, whatever, V1 Church services. That is amazing and that's something to celebrate. And you're probably like, Pastor Mike, yeah, whatever, that's another number. No, those, those three and a half million people, out of that, we had 121,000 impressions for our Easter service. The video of Easter Sunday has been viewed over 40,000 times the entire service and then countless tens of thousands of more times in the different clips that we have. And you're like, okay, pastor, I get it, I get it. Why is that a big deal? It's a big deal because of all those uh, thousands of people, we got two messages from people saying they canceled suicides. Come on. They were going through it. They felt like life wasn't worth living. And they got connected to some heavy hitters on our pastoral care team. They got connected to some people on our connect groups to go through life together. And we had two people who said, I decided not to end my life because I found Jesus and then I found the Jesus people. Come on, can I get a whole bunch of raised hands emojis? I don't know what that thing's really called, but we're just gonna redeem it, like the raised hand emojis in the comments right now. Let, let's, let's let everyone see that there is more for us than against us. Come on, let, let's let us see. This raised hand emoji is saying, I got you, I'm with you. Like we're, we're united together. I, I was just completely blown away. Here's some more stuff I wanna brag on just briefly before we get into Acts chapter 11. And I've got a, a profound revelation from God for you today. Like this is a word from another world for you today. But uh, so before COVID really hit, we were working on watch parties because we saw the value in providing a life-giving church and, and accountability and under shepherding and you know all those things that are so necessary in life to people that maybe where they live, there just isn't a church like that. There isn't leadership like that. There isn't opportunities like that. And so uh, we started working on that. Well, in the last several weeks, here's what we've got. We've got Gracie tuning in from Honduras and she's sharing this experience with with some of our missionary friends. We've got this guy named Edgar. This is a cool story. So Edgar is a guy that we ministered to in Colombia when Pastor Evan from the pastoral care team and I were in Colombia doing like a youth conference. He moved to Milan, Italy, and now is actually a V1 watch party in Milan, Italy, which is also another epicenter. But how many of you know God's using it? I mean, he's turning this thing around for our good. You just can't deny it anymore. And then we've got Arshan in Vegas, which is incredible, just taking sin city by storm. And then we've got some other uh, experiences happening and unfolding right now, including Ecuador, which is amazing. As a matter of fact, uh, someone from Ecuador got together over 50 girls to get together and watch our Easter experience. And that is amazing. And so if there was any doubt in your mind whether or not you have attached yourself to a move of God, let me just remind you, uh, there's a lot happening on the internet and three and a half million times in some 
someone's feed sounds like revival to me. Can I get an amen in the comments right now? Seriously. I, I, and, and this is why I say like the most dangerous thing that you can do is tell the devil, I am not going to let you stop my friends and family from hearing the gospel. I will share this in my timeline. I will be bold. And I and my, my priority is not to be known by men. It's to be known by God. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm seeking his approval. I, I'm not seeking their approval. I can share. I can spread the news right now because I know that the results are up to God, not to me. Is there anyone believing that today? Well, listen, I just got, I just got several more minutes. I want you to lock into Acts chapter 11 with me. And uh, we're gonna, it's just gonna be incredible. So let me give you some backstory. Acts chapter 11. So we're, you know, we're kind of going through this series called Jesus People. You know, last Sunday, we saw testimonies from people in our church represented from every walk of life. It's very much like the first century church where things were just getting started, right? You have, uh, you know, Jesus ascends to heaven. And then Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes down and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness. And they begin to preach the gospel. But here's here's something like just more backstory as you guys are taking notes and filling this in. The early church was commissioned by Jesus to go into all the world. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally. That's essentially what Acts chapter one says, go into all the world. So Jesus very clearly says, after the Holy Spirit, go into all the world and preach. So then Acts chapter two happens and the Holy Spirit and fire. And if you're Pentecostal, it's the only chapter of the Bible that we actually consistently preach. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden you would think they leave Jerusalem and they go do what Jesus said to do. Actually, that's not what happened. Actually, they stayed in Jerusalem and they continued with the Holy Spirit. They continued spreading the word, but then they started to experience persecution. Now, if you're sitting and you're thinking like, why am I watching this? What does this have to do with me? Please stay along for the journey because there's some revelation for you. So there's the backstory. Now, Acts chapter 11, watch this. And we're gonna be in verse 19. Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. Verse 20. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also preaching in the Lord Jesus. Come on, let's keep reading. Follow along on the screen if you don't have a Bible of your own. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The hand of the Lord was upon them. Let me ask you this. Do you want the hand of the Lord to be upon your life? Do you want the hand of the Lord to be upon your business? Do you want the hand of the Lord to be upon your ministry? Do you want the hand of the Lord? Come on, does somebody hear me today? If you want the hand of the Lord upon what you're doing, the blessing of God upon your family, you take care of God's business and he'll take care of yours. See, they were experiencing persecution. They were experiencing a hard time, but it says the hand of the Lord was upon them. Let me keep reading. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. We're seeing a great number turning to the Lord in this time. Verse 22, the report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Barnabas, yeah, probably the professional, the guy who really knew how to church plant, the guy who had, had been to seminary and had years of experience. No, this was Barnabas, an everyday average, just regular kind of guy. Isn't the Bible so incredible about how it highlights people who have
haven't figured it all out, how it highlights people who don't know what they're doing. Isn't it amazing that we are building a church and we don't have to be an expert to do it? I mean, I, I want to be a Barnabas. Barnabas said, yeah, I'll go. I'll be the Forrest Gump of ministry. <laughs> I just kept running. I just kept doing whatever I could do to build the kingdom. So Barnabas shows up, verse 23, and he came and saw the grace of God and he was glad. He was glad. He was positive, optimistic. He saw what God was doing. He wasn't focused on what was wrong. He was focused on what God was doing right in that time. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And this is the most important part. And I want you to pay attention to this. Watch this. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. This is the very first time as we recorded in scripture that they were actually called Christians. Now, here's what I want to say to somebody watching right now. When I ask people all the time, when did you become a Christian? It's alarming how many people respond, I was born one. I was born into a Christian family. Oh, I was born Catholic. Oh, I was born Baptist. Oh, I was born Presbyterian. I I was born a Christian. But see, Jesus actually never asked anyone, do you want to be a Christian? Because Jesus wasn't interested in giving people titles. Actually, what Jesus said is, come follow me. It's not about the title. It's about the action. Come on. And see, we get so fixated on titles, but Jesus is actually fixated on what are you doing? And so, right now, this is a time where if you were a Christian by title, you're about to miss what God's doing. Because this isn't, I was born into it. I was born again. Come on. I was born into this movement. I accepted Jesus and I'm following him. Because when the world hears, oh, you're a Christian, you know what they hear? You're judgmental. You don't drink. You don't smoke. You don't fornicate. What's the other list, right? And and, and then people on the outside say, well, I can't possibly be a Christian because I can't follow those rules. But they need a reminder that being a Christian isn't about following the rules. Being a Christian is about being dangerous, about being wild, about being on mission. And that's what you see here in the book of Acts chapter 11. They had other people called them a Christian. They didn't call themselves a Christian. They called themselves a son or a daughter of the king. And we're going to follow him. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what he's leading me into. All I know is he said, go and I'm moving. Right now, we're in a time, a crazy time, a pandemic. People are losing their jobs. Maybe you're watching this and you lost your job. But I'm here to tell you, as you continue to follow Jesus, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know what's next. You don't have to know how. All you need to know is, I don't belong to myself. What does this book say? When you become a Christ follower, you no longer belong to yourself, but actually you are in the the arm, the hand of God is holding you. And, And you know, it's funny what went viral amongst the celebrities and some of them really botched the song. He's got the whole world in his hands. Well, the truth is he doesn't (laughs) because we have to choose to actually jump up into his hand. We have to cry out, Abba, Father, adopt me, accept me. Jesus, I want to be one that follows you and obeys your commands. And so if you've been, you know, kind of a Christian by title through this whole pandemic, here's what's happening. There is something in the 
earth that is groaning, travailing, that's crying out for true believers, true Christ followers to rise up. And no, we might not be good at following rules. No, we might not have it all figured out. We might not be experts in the book, but we say, you know what, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. Is there anybody who would just give me a fire emoji right now in that chat? Come on, in the comments, just give me a fireball like Super Mario. Just throw a fireball emoji out at me. If you can use anything, use me. And that's what we've seen every single week since this, this, this quarantine has taken place is we've seen God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. That's always been the plan. Now, let me give you another revelation from Acts chapter 11 and the church of Antioch. The church of Antioch was the very first multicultural church. See, up until this point, the gospel was supposed to be for everyone. But as with all things, we make our own cliques, we make our own tribes, we make our own crews. And Jesus wasn't about that. And see, something had to happen. And this is for somebody. This is a word for somebody. And I'm coming to a close right now. What happened, I want to read this to you, verse 19. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except for the Jews. So watch this, watch this, you got to get this. Jesus actually commands them after the Holy Spirit, See, it's coming full circle right now. After the Holy Spirit, go into all the earth and preach the gospel. But it actually took persecution to scatter them into the thing that they didn't necessarily go into on their own. I mean, they were moving in that direction, but there was something about persecution that put some momentum behind it. And see, God didn't cause the persecution, but he allowed it. And he said, trust me, trust me, I'm still in control. I'm gonna take what they did for evil and turn it around for your good. Now watch, here's the implication for you. You might not be experiencing persecution, but you are experiencing a pandemic. So let me just ask you this. Could it be that God didn't cause the pandemic? Oh, you! I'm about to preach right now. Some of you feel it. Those of you who preach know what I'm talking about. Maybe he didn't cause a pandemic, but he allowed it because the mediocrity of your former life needed to be abated. The way you used to do things needed to be cut off. Sometimes when we don't jump out of the nest, thank God that he removes enough of the cotton so that the thorns of the nest begin to hit us on our backside and push us out of mediocrity. See, you never would have quit that job, so maybe he allowed it to be taken away. You ne- Come on, you never would have changed your circumstance. There's a level of comfort that will keep us in Jerusalem when he told us to go to the whole world, and that's a good word, even if you're not going to shout me down in the comments. There's something about persecution that took them from their exclusivity like, oh man, we're just going to preach the gospel here in Jerusalem to Jews to know we've got to go to Antioch and we've got to preach it to everybody. And even though the persecution scattered them, it became the very thing that drove them into fulfilling the destiny that Jesus had given them. And so even though a pandemic may seem like a limitation, come on, even though the pandemic may seem like it's the thing that's getting in the way of your dream, oh, I hear the Lord saying it's going to be the very reason you're dream is fulfilled. Come on. And if, and if you're hearing me, become a Jesus person. Stop being a Christian by title and start being a Christ follower saying, I'll follow you into the darkness knowing that it is impossible to please you without faith. 
Now, now listen, I'm about to pray in a few minutes right now. And I'm saying, the world is saying, show me something real. I've been going live at lunch every single day at noon. And I've been talking about demons and deliverance. And I can tell you this much, the number one priority of the devil, and whether you believe there's a devil or not, he believes in your reality and he believes in your destiny. And he's been fighting you to stop it your entire life. Actually, prenatal, he had an assignment on you before you were in the womb because he always perverts the thing that God is trying to do. God had a plan for you before the womb and so did he. But guess what? Every time you share these messages, every time you hear the word, it's like you are, are counteracting, counteracting this thing that is trying to draw you away from your destiny. And we're going to have a destiny moment in the next two to three minutes right now because some of us have been just going through the motions, passivity, lethargic. We're letting this thing work on our mind, but we're not seeing that the same thing that scattered them, released them into their potential. The same thing that can cause you to be in quarantine can cause you to incubate the remainder of a season of something that God wants you to birth. And so if you're here right now and you're hearing me, come on, if you're listening to me right now, I wanna pray with you. And, and, and listen, there's some of you that need to make a rededication to the Lord. Some of you have gotten so much in your head, so much in your mind that you need to say, God, afresh and anew, I'm gonna rededicate myself to you. I'm going to see it the way you see it. See, the Bible talks about the eyes of our, uh, the eyes, the, 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 actually the, the, our eyes being enlightened, that we would see these things in the spiritual realm. And we've got to hear in the way that the natural ears don't hear. There's two different types of hearing. There's two different types of vision. There's two different types of speaking, blessings or curses. And you've got to hear and say, wait a second. I hear the sirens here in Queens, but I also hear the sound of a hallelujah being raised by the people of God. Wait a second, I see my bank account dwindling, but I also see a new opportunity, a new door. I see him pushing me out of mediocrity. And, and so are you seeing with your natural eyes or are you seeing with your spiritual eyes? Are you hearing with your natural ears or are you hearing with your spiritual ears today? So the church of Antioch, a little bit of it was forced. <laughs> in a loving way, God will allow things in your life to push you into the next season. If you're feeling that right now, if you feel like, man, I'm ready, I'm ready. Listen, if you're being forced out of the nest, you might as well spread your wings. <laughs> If you're being forced out of the next nest, you better start flapping now. This is your cue. Come on, new opportunity, new vision. It's right in front of you. We are Jesus people. What does that mean? In the 60s and late 70s, in this nation here in the United States, all these former hippies and beatniks, they begin to see, they saw with their own eyes, free love isn't free. Uh, we actually have pregnancies now and, and children and, and sexually transmitted diseases. It wasn't what we thought it was. And then all of a sudden, recreational drug usage. They said, oh, we're going on a trip. Well, when the trip ended, they were in a destination they never wanted to be in. And then they said, wait a second. What if Jesus is the truth, but it needs a redefinition? What if Jesus is the truth, but all we got was religion? See, right now, you can't even show up to a physical church building, and it's demanding us to ask, wait a second. Maybe our generation is not going to redefine Christianity. Maybe our generation is going to go back to Antioch, and they're going to call us Christians instead of us calling ourselves Christians because Christians going to start meaning Christ-like again. It's going to be Christ-like and other people are going to say, I, I know this is crazy. I know I know their past. I know I know where they came from, but I, I just have to say they're Christ-like. And then we say, hey, this broken vessel, this jar of clay, this thing 
that you're seeing, it is just a representation of what only God can do. If there's anything that good that comes from me, it's God. If there's anything good about my marriage, it's God. If there's anything good about me as a father, a business owner, it's God. If it's good, it's God. Somebody say that in the comments. If it's good, it's God. We ain't going to rob any glory because we know where we came from. I'd still be drunk. I'd still be up in that. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. But God in his mercy, some of us got some of our events canceled long enough to break our dependency on the club. You're waking up. You're starting to see what it's really all about. He's isolated you from people's influence in your life. And he said, guess what? You're going to start looking more like me because you're going to have a ton more time with me. Come on, let's pray right now. I want to ask you if you want to accept Jesus and not the Jesus of religion and tradition, but if you want to be a Jesus people kind of person, if you want to be a revolutionary reformer, somebody who rises up and says, I want to look like what this book says it should look like, not what religion and tradition looks like. Would you just say, I want to accept Jesus right now? Come on, let's pray. Borrow my words. Heavenly Father, I give you my life. Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Wash me clean. I give you control over my life. I humble myself before you. Forgive me, God. I receive your spirit. I receive the cross. Now watch this. Say, I receive your resurrection power. Resurrect me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, you're born again. There are people all around the world who are born again right now as they said that prayer. I wish you'd get super loud in the comments and start welcoming everyone home. Come on, tell them welcome home right now. V1 Church, we got a very special message that we want to tell you about next week. I cannot wait to see you live at lunch all week long. We've got connect groups. We've got all kinds of ways that we want to build relationship with you. We've got all kinds of ways that we want to pastor you, all kinds of ways we want to lead you and help you through this season and help meet your need. And guess what? God is going to turn this around for your good. I'll see you guys next Sunday. Now you know what so many people have been talking about. My DMs and inboxes are full with stories of people feeling encouraged. As a matter of fact, the term Barnabas means son of encouragement. And I pray that this was an encouragement to you. Pay it forward right now by sharing it with somebody. Actually send it to them, text it to them, whatever you have to do to put some seed in the soil of their heart because messages like this are so needed. As a matter of fact, many of you have reached out to our ministry personally and said, how can I help V1 Church as they're on the front lines there in New York? And you know what? The first thing you can do is pray. The second thing that you can do is go to our website. It's just very simply v1.church. And then you can click give and partner with us financially to reach those here in New York and those who are benefiting from these sermons around the world. I'll see you guys this week.